It's the same thing I had on my workbench last time, which is the new foam board variant of the Yin Yang, which is the twin. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Nothing. Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the RC Roundtable. And uh, well, not, it's, it's not quite a very special episode, but it is a special episode of the RC Roundtable. And Do you know what the word special means? <laughs> well, this one's special. It's very special. Well, you why... keep using that word. I do not <laughs> think it means what you think it means. I know exactly what it means. <laughs> but of course, people listening, Brian, what does it mean? Well... This episode is the, let's see, two, carry the one. This is our third year anniversary of the RC Roundtable podcast since we started it back in May 2017. Is that right, Lee? 16. 16. Uh, yeah. <laughs> carry, carry the oh, one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see, I told you. <laughs> they told me to be no math. <laughs> I'm just taking your word for it. I didn't look in the archives. <laughs> Well, according to Three Lee, it's our anniversary. It's a mathematician. Yeah. When I'm not at work, I don't want to think. Exactly. <laughs> so It all started with a bar, and, and we wrote down on a little <laughs> napkin. <laughs> no. Niagara Falls. It, uh, it so. all goes back to Weatherford. A trip to Weatherford. Weatherford, yes. This all started with a conversation, I guess, it was between you and I, Lee, right? Uh, right? Mm-hmm. In the car? Terry, the Terry was there drive. in spirit. He was there in spirit. Right. He was I was heading the other direction on a different road. Yes. Yeah, this is, uh, it's pretty amazing. We've gone through three years. It all started from a conversation in a car back from the Weatherford swap meet. And uh, it's funny because at the time, I was a complete know nothing about podcasts for the most part. I knew they were of existence. I basically had never listened to a single podcast that I can recall. And it was Lee that says, oh, let's listen to these RC podcasts. And I can't remember the exact reason why we decided to do it, other than we were listening to some, and, uh, you know, not to throw anybody under the bus, but I, I, we thought that we could bring our own flavor and really style to an RC podcast, and we could see what we liked and what we didn't like about other podcasts and do it ourselves and see how well it worked, and we could either sink or swim or just have fun doing it in, in general. And the latter has been working out real well. <laughs> Swimming? No, having fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Again, count. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day. Oh, Half the brain's no, not working. It has been a lot of fun, and... You know, we uh, we we started off rough, you know, and I think this, even though this is episode number eighty, we've had some sub episodes out there, little tidbits and stuff. So we've done over eighty podcasts, and you know, if you listen to episode one, we were on. <laughs> I don't know what kind of mo- microphones we're using. They were on kind of tin cans, probably. I think tin cans with a string, right? Yeah, we were using headsets, and it was very noisy. And uh, we've we've improved. I mean, obviously, we always feel like there's room for improvement. We've jumped on YouTube now, so we try to do at least one live show a month and and that seems to go over real well but yes three years and i don't know if we you know really thought it would last this long but we are still having fun this is a great yeah. opportunity for us to just get together and chat and yeah if i recall terry uh, threatened to go diva at some point but he hasn't done it yet <laughs> maybe maybe he's got another podcast under a different name 
<laughs> yes, I have a fake accent that I use as well. <laughs> Come join me in my a, podcast. A UK podcast. <laughs> you got a podcast on the side? See the little thing on the side? Yeah. Cheating on us? <clears throat> I'll never tell. <laughs> well, of course, this podcast wouldn't be in existence without you, the listener. We really appreciate all that have uh, listened to us. We, we've gone to events. People come up to us and say, hey, we listen to your podcast. And much to my amazement, they say they like it. And we really, uh, really appreciate uh, the interaction we had with the people who listen and our fans, uh, and both in person and on our Facebook page and through social media and so forth. And it's been a real delight meeting people, getting some, uh, seeing some of your models, talking to, learning stuff. Uh, we've even got some really nice, um, what do you want to call it, uh, invitations, so to speak, for certain activities. So, uh, our, our extreme. <laughs> that totally came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you're thinking, think the opposite. I'm surprised Terry didn't jump on that one. <laughs> yeah, Terry, you're slipping. You're usually the one that's uh, get your mind to gutter. No, I I don't think that's what Lee means. <laughs> no, that's what I, I meant. I, I think he's saying <laughs> it came out like an insult when you didn't intend it as an insult. Oh, really? <laughs> no. It, that's am I? No? <laughs> oh, okay. Terry's now really awesome. Uh, <laughs> Terry, are you drinking any coffee or anything? This is just this is not the Terry I know and love. <laughs> so how the hell did we last three years with this kind of attitude? I have no idea. Yeah. Oh man. Hey, but uh, I I want to I want to kind of tack on to what uh, Fitz said, you know, about meeting people and and having great folks on our show. And uh, I, I think some of the fun part has been going to an event and people going, "Hey, are you Lee with RC Roundtable?" It's usually, "Hey, hey, are you Lee? Do you know Terry and Fitz?" <laughs> 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 yeah, I do. Um, but one one good friend we have gained in this process is our buddy Joe Vermillion with Balsa USA. And I reached out to Joe uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually, uh, tell him that we're really trying to move things up with our show and that we love working with him. And he actually gave us a plane to donate for a listener. I guess it was uh, the end of last year, maybe, or before. It was before that. And anyway, I talked to him again, and he has kindly helped us out with this episode, our special third year anniversary, and he is going to be our official sponsor of our third year anniversary podcast episode. Yay! Yay. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Guys, you need to go check out Balsa USA if you're not familiar with them. It's BalsaUSA.com. They're also on Facebook. Joe Vermillion produces a lot of videos, too, just for Balsa USA in general, or some build videos that are on YouTube. And their motto is build your dreams into a reality. And that's exactly what he does. He shows you exactly the steps to build a lot of these lovely airplanes. And what's really nice is he posts a lot of photos of folks, World War One biplanes, you know, a lot on their, their page. But uh, in honor of our show, Joe has kindly offered us a discount code for our listeners. And if you use this code, which is RCR May 2019... That's RCR, May 2019. <laughs> Go to their website, BalsUSA.com, and you will get 10% off your order for the month of May. Ooh, 10%. So if you have been eyeing something on Balsa USA's website, now is the time to jump on this coupon code. So guys, please take advantage of that. And if you stay tuned with us through the rest of the podcast, I have a special bonus <laughs> coupon code. At what? the end, yes. Ooh, time for the bonus package. I'm not going to tell you when we're going to say it, but just stay tuned and listen. But I think you're going to want to if you 
are a Balsa USA uh, customer. Well, okay, now I want to clarify something here. You said BalsaUSA.com, but it's shop.balsaUSA.com. Well, he gave me BalsaUSA.com, so is Joe the one who messed up? I don't know. I, when I type in only BalsaUSA.com, it doesn't work. But if I Google it, I get the other, shop.balsaUSA.com. Wow. So, whatever. Try both. Mm-hmm. One of them will get you there. So well, the, then maybe we, is it shop.balsaUSA.com? See. Huh. I wonder if it's a thing with their DNS entry. I just have a hot link. I mean, <laughs> 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 your favorites. Yeah, it's right there. Balsa USA. I, I mean, I typed in Balsa USA. That is correct. So you now just, I've got to now I've got to back up. <laughs> you tap your laptop on the side like the Fonz, and Balsa USA just comes up. Hey guys, hey. this is a this is a live recorded podcast. We do not use a script at all. <laughs> so there you go. I'm Terry, pretty Terry sure is, they know that. <laughs> Terry is absolutely correct, guys. It is a shop.balsausa.com. All but right. the coupon code's right. <laughs> it's still RCR May 2019. That, that's really generous of them to do that. That's they, they, You can celebrate our anniversary by buying a Balsa USA kit at a discount. It sounds like a win-win situation. So thanks, Joe. Yeah, I have to say, we, we've had Joe on the show before, and I think uh, Balsa, it flows through his veins because this guy is uh, <laughs> he, he loves the hobby loves the model he's great to talk to and, and if we had a chance to meet him too at the ama expo east as well and that was a lot of fun uh, where he built basically built an entire trainer kit during the show didn't he he did uh, not single-handedly but you know, yes multi well he's got two hands so i'm sure it was <laughs> <laughs> well he and the landis's did yeah the, the build over the weekend it was yeah. a team effort but they they basically were glued to their uh table and building structures and covering it was pretty amazing to see how they, pro- how they progress throughout the weekend yep from great. box to airplane in a couple of days uh yeah. yes and did i mention i have a i picked up a balsa usa i think it's a phaeton yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah you mentioned that i came across one um uh, it's in the box it's it's an older kit but it looks kind of neat so maybe one day i'll get around to building that and and uh we'll see i built a north star many moons ago Oh, yeah? Uh, so... Well, let's see if we can get Bob Smith to uh, sponsor us and we have some CA to get right. us <laughs> <laughs> Now, one last thing I want to say about doing this podcast is I don't want to forget the, the guests that we've had on this show. We've had an amazing number of guests. that you know, A if you plethora think about, of a, guests. A plethora. A <laughs> whole lot. Literally. You guys sound like we're winning a Lifetime Achievement Award. <laughs> we should. <laughs> and the winner goes We've lasted to... three years. <laughs> <laughs> We've lasted three years. I haven't been kicked off. haven't gotten deplatformed. And, uh, I'm, I'm at that age now where I can, if I get out of bed and can stand up within 10 seconds, I'm good to go. <laughs> <laughs> See the reflection in the mirror? It's a good day. And so we really appreciate all the guests we've had on. We, it, I, we would never have thought when we started this that we would have had the, the interesting and uh, really well-known uh, personas in the hobby industry that come on our show. Uh, if you would have told me that three years ago, I said, nah, we're not going to be able to get anybody on here hardly. Well, and you know what? This is just coming out of, you know, <laughs> off the top of my head. But I just posted, if you got, and I think I sent the link to you guys, I just posted that the official dates for best at Tri-County Barnstormer is October 4th and 5th mm. of this year. And I already posted the thread on RC Groups. And lo and behold, one of our guests on the show, Tony Accurso, has already responded and said he will be there. He's coming back. <laughs> is he bringing airplanes this time? <laughs> In his suitcase. He brought him last time. <laughs> Yeah, he oh, bought 
Did two or three. It was brought, amazing. Oh, that's right. He had the little things. That, yeah, okay. Yeah. You're right. Now, for any new listeners out there, Lee, what is best? Best is awesome. It's no. The, no. <laughs> be it is the vague? best. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, for those who have never heard our show before, best is an electric event here in, I say South Texas, but it's <laughs> it's far north. But anyway, uh, it's just north of Conroe, Texas, in a place called New Waverly. Just north it's, of Houston. It's north of Houston and south of Dallas. Nobody knows where Conroe is in the United States, but Houston, okay. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Okay. So anyway, it's up there. And it's at a beautiful field, Tri-County Barnstormers. Uh, if you go, or if you're a member of RC groups, go ahead and look at events. You'll see the best thread. And uh, I've always posted tons of stuff in the threads. And uh, this year, I'm kind of uh, I'm helping out uh, Kirk Jensen, who's been a wonderful MC for our event for uh, 16 years, I guess. That was what his run was. And he's stepping down. Just he wants to he wants to fly now. He doesn't want to you know run the show. So um, I'm I've started the thread. Uh, lots of fun guys. Uh, we camp out there on the north end of the field. Our buddy Keith Smart Keith Sparks from Park Flyer Plastics hangs out with us. Has some incredible models to to show and fly. It's uh, we typically get there a day before, so I, I don't. That's not the official day, but we spend many days <laughs> out to this field. Beautiful concrete runway. Uh, the weather is always changing, so I, I can't tell you what it's going to be this year. I mean, when we first started going, it was freezing. <laughs> it rains. It's hot. Uh, last year it was hot, and then all of a sudden it rained. So it doesn't yeah, matter. Ninety percent of the time, it's really good weather. Oh, it's it is wonderful. It's, it's just so much fun. And Tony, I mean, he's he loved it. I it was so glad to have him come down, and he was flying. You know, those little planes he brought. And yeah, I don't know what else to say, guys. It's it's a it's a hodgepodge of so many different wonderful aircraft we uh, often do a, a zaggy combat which really i think is just going to be a foamy combat this year <laughs> is zaggy still a household name you know I, that's exactly what i told uh the gentleman who's probably going to be running this show now uh, dick jones uh you know i said we need to start offering the people to just bring whatever they have you know any foamy aircraft you know and i think he said he was going to make it a three cell limit which you know, maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> you know, I don't know for safety, but anyway, it's just a, a fun little combat, and I have a great photo on uh, was it two years ago where uh, Kirk Jensen and I hit <laughs> had a piece of his wing stuck in my thunder and lightning. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, that was one of my favorite photos. But guys, uh, best is a wonderful event. Again, Tony Acurso came down and, and hung out with us, so I'm looking forward to seeing him again. And uh, yeah, anyway, Tony, Tony's been a guest on the show before. Just for those who don't remember. Yeah, he's flown a lot of test planes for motion RC. And we uh, need to get Joe down there to best. Yeah, maybe. Oh yeah. He can, mm. he can wing it. So we can go all the way down there and build another airplane. <laughs> there you go. We we have the technology. <laughs> that would be the worst best ever. <laughs> Sit there all weekend and build a kit instead of fly. Uh, well, just me. I, I sometimes spent, I felt like that. <laughs> I would spent like a whole day getting a guy's helicopter set up. Yeah, I know. That was what I was referencing. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, well, uh, you know what? I, I'm going to stop there because we will certainly be touching on best when it comes to September. Oh, you know, sure really we will. Show me, on the, <laughs> show me on the doll. Is that what you said? <laughs> no, I said... <laughs> See, there's your mind to gun There's Terry. I'm back. <laughs> No, I said, I'm sure we will hear about this another 50,000 times from Lee. Well, and you know what? I feel awful. We have probably some new listeners because Joe did a wonderful promo for us on 
uh, on his page, or I guess it was from Balsa USA too. And so if you are new and you're going, when are they going to talk to airplanes? I think the answer is going to be now, because uh, that was just a fun <laughs> way to, for us to get things started. I hope you, we haven't uh, lost you. <laughs> hope you haven't bitten your arm off to escape. Yeah. We haven't even started the agenda yet. I know, so that's why I'm apologizing. <laughs> what a joke! was going to say, you ruined my perfectly good audio promo for you guys. I set it up. I sent people your way. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. <laughs> yes, uh, we hope to, we look forward to seeing you coming crossing paths again in the future. Well, Terry, you're the one. Yeah, Terry, you sent us the agenda of planes. You you bring this this list to uh, the front. Yeah, what I. Um, about. What, okay, yeah, I is, decided to go ahead, Fitz. Well, no, I was just to say this is the RC roundtable, and we do talk RC models, usually of the airplane kind. And Terry's going to lead us off with some new products for this week, right? Well, sort of. I sort of, kind of, sort of. Yeah, it's kind of a curveball this time because usually we talk about things that have been announced and are either already available or we know when they're going to be available, but the two airplanes that I want to talk about are in sneak peek prototype stage. So we can assume that they'll be released, but we don't know exactly when. So the first is a B 57 Canberra, which I've always wanted to model, Mm. but like so many other planes, it's just a giant curve from front to back. (laughs) And so I, you know, it would be a, a big undertaking to scratch build. It's not so, built, it's sculpted, right? Uh, kind of, yeah. I don't think, I'm looking at it right now, there's not one 90 degree, except maybe the fin in the rudder. <laughs> maybe where they line up, that's it. <laughs> I, may, I think the fuselage is a perfect cylinder. I mean, it's tapered and all that, but I mean, it's not something you can just pick up a hunk of foam and sand it to shape, I don't think. And there have been B-57 models in the past. I remember the Savage Brothers... Yes, a WB-57 back in the day yes. when they were using uh, brushed EDFs and NICADs. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I, I was going to mention that because I actually saw that fly at uh, San Diego uh, Midwinter Electrics many, oh, okay, many, cool. many moons ago. Was, it actually flew pretty good because it has it's basically a big glider. but Right, uh, double the wing. Yeah. But, right, yeah. So for people who don't know, the B-57 was a... 50s era twin engine twin jet bomber actually a british design that the u.s bought and then martin on this side made some u.s changes to it made it a little bit different so i always thought it was a neat looking airplane and it's fun to read about um i think i mentioned chuck yeager's book on the last show i'll mention it again this time i believe it was a B-57 that he was flying when he went to Maine for a trip and they put some lobsters in the Bombay and so he flew back to Edwards and and had fresh lobster (laughs) and it kept it nice and cold up there. So anyway, so this new kit is from Perkscale Models and I don't believe you guys have ever met Zeke Brubaker, right? Uh, Okay. All right. I know Zeke because I met him last year at the Neat Fair. We have several friends in common, and so we got introduced. And he is the proprietor of Perkscale Models, and he's got a bunch of neat stuff. And I just happened across this video of one of his prototypes of the B-57. And let's see. I think it's two 70-millimeter electric ducted fans. Hmm. And it looks like a balsa build. Let's see. I don't know if there's a wingspan on here, but yeah. it's, yeah, all their it's kits a good are, size model. Aren't, aren't all their kits laser cut balsa, basically? 
I think he has a couple foam things, but 90% of what he does is laser cut balsa. Mm. Yeah. And it's neat stuff. He's He's got some really big airplanes, a lot of scale stuff. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I think it was the XF-11, the Howard Hughes's experimental twin. Mm, right. That's really he's nice got looking. that. And he's got some big flying boats. He's just got all kinds of neat stuff. Mm. And I think his business model is I'm going to build the stuff that I like and you can buy it or you can not buy it. (laughs) (laughs) And a certain charm to that. Yeah, sure. Uh, But anyway, the B-57, this video looks great. And we'll put a link to this video up on the Facebook page and the website. It's just really impressive. It looks like a B-57. I don't see any uh, consolations to the scale outline. Mm. It looks good. It sounds good. And it seems to, to fly really well too. So, I have not reached out to Zeke to see when he's going to have this released or if it's still being wrenched on, but um, it's exciting. I, hopefully, he'll bring one to the neat fair in a few months. Hmm. So. Okay. That, that sounds yeah. fair. I, ho- I look forward to additional details on it. If you can ring out of him uh, when he plans on marketing it, that'd be really nice. Yeah. Maybe uh, this weekend, I will reach out to him and see if he can give some more background yeah. info. Use your sweet talk voice. <laughs> I don't think that'll be necessary, <laughs> but I'll awesome. keep that in my back pocket. <laughs> okay. Cool beans. Well, it was good to see another kit come out. Yeah, absolutely. So you had another thing, something called the Lane's Plains Conquest. Uh, right. That I had not heard of. I remember meeting Lane uh, at the Lena I met him at the Flight Fest. Last mm-hmm. year. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I have not been able to meet him yet. I yeah. thought he was going to be at the Ohio Flight Fest, but he was not able to make it. So he and I are still strangers. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was uh, there. He had a bunch of his, oh, what are those things called? It was like a flying wing. Uh, the Kudas? The Kudas, yeah. He had a whole Kudas, bunch of different yeah. Kudas. And, and he had a big old pink paper airplane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that right. I took, yes. That I took down. <laughs> <laughs> that paper airplane was awesome. It was a giant foam. What was it like the uh, the insulation foam you get at Home Depot? Yeah. The, yeah. The, like half inch thick or something, three yeah. quarter inch, and it was looked like one of those traditional paper airplanes. You fold the old the triangle shaped kind of Delta thing, and yeah. uh, it and, made a lot and, of noise when it flew and it flew <laughs> in combat. <laughs> it was one giant moving target that yeah. uh, s- took a surprising number of hits to bring it down. I mean, that thing was a battleship. And the so scooters you, are fast, too. Oh, yeah. Okay, Ooh. sorry, hey, Ridley. No, I was going to say, no. uh, Terry, do you, do you know anything about this conquest or specs? Because I see the videos, but I don't, I don't have any information on it. Well, I don't either, so I'm just guessing. But <laughs> from what I guess, it seems like this is it, – it has two different wings, one with no – ailerons and a little bit more dihedral and then one with ailerons hmm. and i think the the gist is to have a trainer that doesn't look like a trainer gotcha so so you start out with the no aileron wing and then once you get that going you step up to the aileron wing or if you just want a, a sport plane you just start out with the aileron wing okay i got it i got the specs on it i went to his website it's a 56-inch wingspan running on a Power 25 motor, and it said 3 or 4S. Oh, there yeah. are specs on the website? Mm-hmm. That's really big. Huh. And now, is it, okay. Can you tell the construction of it? Uh, it's, it's a balsa. Monaco wing. Yeah. yeah. This is all balsa. Balsa? Okay. Yeah. Current weight without battery is 3 pounds. And it looks, yeah. Looks like a, it's a mid-wing. Mid-wing? Well, kind of. 
I think it has the appearance of a midwing because it's got the turtle deck, but if you just took off that turtle deck, it, it would be like a, a high wing stick kind of thing. <laughs> I, we're going to have to agree to disagree. It's a midwing. It's in the middle of the fuselage. I don't but, know what you're looking at. But all the heavy bits are below the wing. If you took the gear off and put it on the top, it'd still be a midwing. <laughs> you guys, you guys do a terrible <laughs> job of describing this plane. Well, we don't have to describe it because exactly. we're going to put photos and a link up to the video. But yeah, you better. The, the video that I sent is from Ceph. Ceph is going on this weekend, the Southeast Electric Flight Festival oh, in right, America's yeah. Georgia, and the video was from that where he was maidening one of these planes. I mm. I don't know if it was somebody who already has a kit or somebody who's doing a prototype for him, but he maidened one. And I saw a video sometime earlier where he was maidening one himself that, that he had built. So, again, I'm just surmising that these are in the production flow and he's going to have them out if you know, once he works out any bugs. But it's a neat-looking airplane. And um, from what I've heard, Lane builds nice kits. So I, I look forward to seeing how this ends up. Yeah, there's some photos on his website. By the way, it's... It's Lane's Planes, L-A-I-N-E-S, Planes. And I think the, the at sign is the same thing. So if you, you know, use an at sign on Facebook, it's Lane's Planes. And he's got a couple photos of it in the uh, in the nude. So you can see the uh, laser cut and, and the build. It's pretty neat. The elevator in Finn, the a very interesting rib making. You, gotta, you guys got to see that. <laughs> you gotta, I don't think I've ever seen that before. I missed that. What are you talking about? Well, uh, if you look at the like the horizontal stab, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight little ribs that are probably just laser cut out of one big piece of balsa. <laughs> They're just real thin. I mean, if I were to just guess the measurement, I'd say every one of those is probably a quarter of an inch, you know, okay. with an inch, with an, <laughs> well, maybe an inch, I don't know, half an inch gap between each. It's just, it's multi-ribbed. <laughs> You'll see. Huh. You have to take a look and then you can, you know comment but right it's just a it's a unique a unique a unique laser cut yeah yeah okay and you know i may be completely wrong about the whole premise of this thing so if lane is listening or one of his uh someone from his inner circle can set us straight on that reach out to us and let us know what we screwed up and we'll we'll get it corrected oh and speaking of corrections on the last show we were talking about joshua orchard's a P-47 that he stripped all the covering off and covered in aluminum tape. And he maidened that at Ceph. So speaking of Ceph as well, uh, did you guys see that video? I didn't see the flight, but I saw the photos. I made fun of his bug hit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> squashed a bug. And, yeah, he squashed yeah. a bug on the wing. So I told him he needed yeah. to put a little bug decal next to his kill decals right <laughs> so yeah it looks like he had a good maiden flight and then i assume he has flown it since then so congratulations to him but the thing i wanted to correct is that when i was talking about it i said that it was a top flight arf but it's actually a hangar nine arf so shame on me yeah shame on you yeah shame shame we forgive you thanks Okay, I've got one more new product for us, and this one's actually a little bit different still. And no, none of us are big FPV guys, really, but we all three have FPV equipment, right? I know I do. Yeah. Okay. And Fitz, you yes. still do some FPV? Okay. Yeah. Well, just today I got a new accessory for FPV stuff, 
and this is a strap that goes on my goggles and it's two inches wide and this is one of those things that I never knew I needed it but I put it on and wow it is so much more comfortable than the normal strap which I think is maybe one inch I, I didn't measure any of it but it's significantly wider than the the stock strap on my fat shark goggles so now you're telling me size does matter <laughs> it's a family show Lee <laughs> but for me what happens is that that strap i put around the back of my head and invariably at some point it'll slide down a little bit and rest against my ears and then it gets a little bit loose but with the wider strap that is not happening so it's much more stable than the other one was and the one i got is uh it has a neat design on it it's kind of a digital camouflage and the strap comes from Fat Straps, uh, which is fatstrapsfpv.com, F-A-T-S-T-R-A-P-S-F-P-V.com. And they've got a whole bunch of different designs on there and even a couple different widths. And I assume the mounting is kind of universal, but you know, I'm, don't quote me on that. So anyway, some neat stuff on there. And I again, it's one of those things that I never really thought about until I tried it. And I'm like, oh, well, that's a lot better. So... Go have a look. And made in the U.S. We like to highlight U.S. companies, especially small U.S. companies, and this is exactly that. Yeah, America. America. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, moving on. What's next? Uh, Well, I think that wraps up our new product stuff, so I think uh, we'll just take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay, so we had one of our listeners, uh, George, give us a suggestion, and he said, you know, this this whole idea that model aviation is, is primarily an adult hobby, and there seems to be conflicting opinions on, is this a, really a hobby for kids, is it for adults, should we really try to bring a lot of kids into it, or is they kind of throw up our hands, they know it's really the benefit, the risk what do you say? The cost benefit is really just better to be focused on adults and uh, grandpa. So uh, I don't know if there's a really good answer to that, but I thought it was a really good uh, topic to really discuss as, as, as our hobby has changed over the years and, I, and by some accounts has actually shrunk. And then now we have the FAA basically on our backs. You know, what is, who is this hobby for? I mean, ostensibly you could say it's for everybody, but who is really the market for this hobby? And I don't know if that's even an easy question to answer, but I think we, we all, all have our opinions on really, you know, what does, who's the best, when is the best time to join this hobby? Who is it really for? What, you know, what, uh, what does the future hold? And is it really something for, you know, octogenarians or really is it uh, uh, we really should be really focusing our efforts on the, you know, the, the teenagers? Uh, well, I think that's the core question being asked. 
um, is money being wasted and effort being wasted trying to recruit young people when there's little return on that? That's how I interpret George's question. Yeah. And, you know, we are obviously AMA supporters, but we are far from being in lockstep with a lot of their recent policies and the way they, they do some things, especially as it relates to the FAA. But I, I don't know. I I have to think that it's one of those things that despite whatever marginal returns they make it in that, you, you have to make that outreach effort. And even if it's one out of 10 or one out of 100 or one out of 1,000, I don't know, it, that one is highly prized and probably yeah. worth the effort. So that's just my nickel tour on that. Yeah, I think there's maybe conflicting factors here. I think the youth in general have an interest in this hobby, but A, there's a lot of conflict for their time, especially now we have all these mobile devices and electronics. Uh, do you want to spend several hours in a workshop building an RC airplane, or do you want to you know spend five minutes turning on your computer and playing a video game that's just allows you to sit in your chair and zone out for hours at a time. And I think it takes a special kind of youth to say, hey, I'd rather go work with my hands on something than basically just, you know, be visually entertained, bubblegum for the eyes, so to speak. Well, uh, the there is that aspect of this too, because if you look at multi-rotors and even the stabilization systems and fixed wing planes, mm. Or, or Arduinos or whatever, there are opportunities for those newer types of interest to be integrated into this hobby. So I I don't think it has to be a one or the other kind of deal. It's probably more incumbent upon us to adapt how we see things to make it a more attractive deal. Yeah, but the question is, is there much crossover from, say, the drone people to the more traditional model airplane people? And I don't know if there's a whole lot of crossover there or not, or if it's kind of rare i can only speak to the small segment that i see around here there's a very active multi-rotor community around buffalo and it seems a fair percentage of them if they're not already they are interested in fpv wings and to me that seems like another gateway into more traditional stuff mm. so but I, I meet a lot of people who fly fixed wing stuff who have never flown line of sight they only fly fpv because that's what they started with. Yeah. Well, I see that. But for me, the experience is completely different. FPV versus um, uh, ground PV, I guess. GPV. <laughs> <laughs> Line of sight. Line of sight. LOS. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, and, I guess LOS could be another bad acronym for us. Yeah. And as nice as FPV is, I still take great pleasure in, in line of sight flying. Just being outside the plane, looking at it, enjoying its lines, the maneuvers. Versus being inside of it, which is like being in a real airplane, which has, has its own uh, uh, kind of um, attraction to it. But for models, I always really preferred line of sight. And I, I, you know, it's. But you're an old guy. Yeah, I'm an old guy. What? Uh, I'm an old guy? Oh, crap. What happened? Yeah, yeah. You crossed that threshold. Uh, uh, now, I'm day. interested. Go, go ahead. But I'm interested to hear Lee's perspective on this because he has two young kids in his house who appear to be interested in this hobby. Yeah, very interested. Yeah, I, I've been absorbing y'all's responses and pondering how I feel about that approach. You know, what, 
is the, is the AMA wasting resources trying to get kids in? And I'm going to touch on things that both of y'all said. Number one, with Fitz, we've turned into a society that wants everything now. We yeah. we have everything on our phone to get an answer. Um, instant you know, gratification, right? Instant gratification. And that has been the transition from kits to ARFs and, dare I say, RTF. Because now we have some drones that are basically, you know, you can spend five minutes opening the box. <laughs> and on some of our boxes, it takes longer to open. <laughs> That's a joke about that last ARF we built. <laughs> it's, it's harder to open that darn box than it was to put the plane together. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is. It's an instant gratification. I, I will say I blame technology for the, the change in a child's interest in this hobby. Uh, something that also crossed my mind that uh, an elderly friend said to me, who's an auto mechanic, which uh, he was absolutely correct. Once they took woodworking or shop classes out of high school and such for, again, fear of injury, which it seems like more kids are getting injured on the football field or even in band. You know, They're taking <laughs> that away, too. They've taken that away. So the kids have no interest in building or repairing. And I mean, I remember in my high school, we had an auto shop. The kids would took auto mechanics, but, you know, cars today, some of them are built to the point where you cannot work on them. And that it goes back to, okay, well, I'll just have someone else do it, which again, the similarity is I'll let uh, someone else build the plane for me. I'll open the box and fly it. Uh, well, I, uh, just a real quick, um, you know, I'll let you continue. I just want you reminded me of something where I read an article, they were talking about how uh, doctors there's an issue with a lot of uh, student medical students where because they have they didn't go through shop and they don't work they don't haven't built things in their hands there a lot of them are lacking in the dexterity to do fine detail work in surgery um, when they're in they're training for surgery in medical schools because of that and it's they're finding that to be a bit of an issue that's really concerning we're hmm. losing those skills. And I know a few medical students. I'll have to ask. Yeah. They've yeah. seen that experience. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Lee. Uh -huh. I'm sorry. I mean, uh... No, that's fine. I mean, this is that's what the round table's for. Yeah. Um, so, I, I unfortunately, I'm, I'm having this conversation with you guys, and it kind of breaks my heart to know that's kind of how things have shifted. I, I want to be upbeat, so I'll, I'll, I'll come full circle and, and try to end in a happy note. But you, you have... The situation where the media and the FAA has put fear into the minds of folks. And I can tell you from experience, my neighbor bought uh, her son a, a quadcopter. And knowing that I fly, she said, you know, so I just want you to know I registered myself and my son with the FAA so we'd be legal. And I'm looking at this drone, which weighs less than half a pound. And I said, well, why did you do that? She goes, well, I don't want them suing me. I don't want to be arrested. I mean, that's what's happened is that people are misunderstanding the rules and, and are being given this fear factor about how dangerous drones are. And that's very sad for me. Um, I Another thing you guys had me thinking about was, you know, when I go to the field or if I go fly, who's there? And the kids that are there are only the sons and daughters of those guys who are members of the club or have been there for a while, those who are flying. I don't know if I've ever seen a parent bring their child to a club and said, hey, my child has an interest. Can you help them fly? And I'm not, I mean, I hope it's not like that at other places. I hope there are kids who just stand up to their parents and say, gosh, I I really want to learn how to fly. I Can you take me to a club? And I, I don't see that. And that's, that's very sad. I wish there was a way to get kids more interested in and again i go back to like shop 
you know, classes in school where you learn to build something and that might stir an interest in a child. And uh, again, I'm bringing up another thing. I uh, was invited to a school in the summer for kids who were, uh, you know, uh, poverty level, uh, single parents, needed something to do, keep them busy off the streets. And I had a class of about eight kids who had never seen a model airplane before. It was just so neat to see their eyes, you know, wide open and, you know, watch us build. They had lots of questions and I never got to follow up with those kids. Uh, for fun, I had them all sign a wing that we put together and, you know, it's, it's nice to, you know, they were all interested in, in doing that. But, um, you know, it is, it, there is this unfortunate situation where you've got, again, the FAA rules and regulations that, you know, turn people off. Uh, some of the costs are prohibitive, so you can't, anybody can't just buy a transmitter and stuff. I mean, there's still some com- some costs there. Well, yeah, and, that's an important issue, and I was going to bring up is cost because it's while costs have come down dramatically, it's still not all that cheap. If you're a young kid who has no job or has just a small part time thing, uh, it's a, not a hobby you're going to be able to do without support from your parents and meaning financial support. And, and it's another thing is that I think a lot of kids are not as many kids working these days as before, from what I understand. That might be not true, but from what I've read, it seems like. Uh, you don't see as many kids working part-time jobs as you say in the past as a percentage. So I don't. I'm not sure I buy into that. I'm not sure either. I, That's what I read somewhere, but I'm not sure if I believe it either. But it's out well. There. I meant I, I'm talking about your opinion of the expense. Yeah. I've been to enough swap meets lately where, from what I've seen, if you're a kid and you walk into one of those and express an interest to fly, I can't imagine even if you walked in with empty pockets, you wouldn't walk out with. Uh, a 40 size trainer and a 72 megahertz radio and a, a promise to be taught. Yeah, you can, but I don't know if swap meets are probably all not all that well known outside of the, the clubs. If you're just a kid, you see a baller play, you don't know anything about a swap meet. You're just going to know the hobby store. Well, I agree. And that's why I think part of our issue is a marketing problem. Yeah. And that's a good point. Describing it. Yeah. And I wonder if this is all mainly a marketing issue. Well, and just, I wonder. Well, I want to bring up another point that, that kind of, I think, supports that a little bit. So back up a little bit to what Lee was saying, where you were describing an average crowd at the field, right? Mostly old guys and children of old guys. Yes. Is, is that accurate? Okay. Now, take that same thought and transfer it to your experience at Flight Fest. And okay. Yeah. Flight compare, Fe- compare the crowds. Flight Fest heavily skewed to the younger crowd. Definitely. Younger crowds and both genders, yeah, or however many genders there are, uh, all the genders, all five hundred genders the, were there, right, and all the kids. So to me, that tells me there, the interest is still there. It's not that kids aren't interested in this stuff. It's just we're not doing a good job of selling it to them. All right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna nod and, and pat you on the back, Terry, a little virtual pat. Uh, that is correct. I, I felt think, that. I, good. Here's another one. Uh, Flight Fest is a great example of how you get kids into this. And in fact, one thing we mentioned at the event was they had a tent for STEM. You know, right. they, they intended to get kids in there to learn how to build their plane. So that is something we are lacking. We mean, we need more of flight tests. Well, this, well I, I, go ahead. Well, yeah, because this wasn't done in a vacuum. Uh, how, how did Flight Fest get so big? Because of Flight Test. Flight Test has all these YouTube videos and these YouTube videos get 
the kids interest even if they never touched an airplane they see these videos of these guys have or people having fun flying model these toy airplanes and they're saying hey this is kind of neat and these guys are having this big convention over near me i want to drive over and i can meet these quote unquote celebrities and and fly try try and fly these airplanes because if i recall at fly fest I, I came across quite a few people who didn't know how to fly airplanes they were there because it was they had seen the youtube videos and it was a cool thing it sounded cool but they really weren't ex very experienced at all in flying model airplanes and they take some of the mystery out of it because they're building all their stuff with foam board, yeah. which in my opinion is a fairly crappy material to make RC airplanes with. <laughs> but, um, you know, with hot glue and you know, a dollar a sheet foam board, it, you can ignore all the crappy aspects of it and just get flying. That's just it get is, in the it is semi semi-instant gratification well yeah well it's it's that's kind of it's kind of brilliant marketing it's it's not intimidating at all it's hey just cardboard and hot glue gun hey it's easy just like right. that you know well i, I, I mean, know i was gonna I, I had another direction i was going with my topic but i'll, I'll just go jump to, to austin my oldest son real quick and you know i put my son into a <laughs> a pile of foam and tools and hot glue and debris at flight fest and i never saw him again <laughs> he was he was a happy child and one of the one of the great little areas of the build tent was this whole section of planes that had been broken and people just threw the debris on the floor and yeah. people were grabbing parts and pieces and and you know flight test brought in you know other boxes of old stuff they had and just yeah. laid it out there and said go go at it and it, it was heaven for him yeah those tents are um, always yeah. packed yeah. Right. So yeah, again, speaking then, of people who spend all weekend at an event working on airplanes, that happens and people are having fun. So I, yeah. I don't get it, but I, I witness it. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter. I guess as long as it gets them out there and involved. Oh, yeah. I think that's what yeah. we're talking about. What, what does it take to get the youth involved? And is it worth you know, spending a lot of effort getting youth involved? And I guess in a way it, it is. It's always worth an effort to try to get them involved. But I guess maybe the issue is how much of an effort. It sounds like the flight test formula is something pretty successful in a way. Yeah. yeah some... Well, with that being said, I, I think I speak for all of us when I say we're not in lockstep with their approach to things either. We can see the good in it, but I yeah. think there's certainly things that we would do differently, such as not put flamethrowers on quadcopters <laughs> uh, yeah. i was going to touch it. on that jerry that's exactly <laughs> where i was going it's like you some people have a, a love-hate relationship with flight test and i see it and there are times that i cringe when i see a video come out there but i know the kids enjoy it it's uh i don't know if you ever watched the uh, the simpsons but you know uh was it uh the cat and the mouse what was uh what are the name Itchy and scratchy. Itchy, itchy and scratchy. scratchy. You know, you, show. If you watch that and you saw some of the itchy and scratchy cartoons, <laughs> they're they're very horrid, <laughs> and so you don't you can't you can't say yeah that's great you know because the kids are laughing and I think that's come some of the flight test approaches. Let's get the kids to laugh at something goofy, and and it's it's working. Uh, but I'm with Terry. There are times I wish I could just say no. <laughs> no, bad flight <laughs> no. test. Bad, bad flight test. Yeah, yeah. but and, you know and, that's it's the YouTube generation. That's what gets eyeballs and clicks. Is the outrageous? That's why you know you got this guy. I forgot who he was. He was he got, it was controversial because he was like you know had millions of subscribers and he goes over to Japan and makes a complete ass out of himself. Uh, but you know he gets all all the kids like him and he gets clicks by doing stupid stuff. So well, and I'm, sort of, I'm also hoping that stupid stuff doesn't get us more restrictions. Yeah, well, yeah. 
Right. There's a bigger picture involved with that. It's not just personal integrity. You, you reminded me, so. one of the most profound episodes of The Simpsons involved Itchy and Scratchy. <laughs> it was an episode where Marge was was tired of watching Itchy and Scratchy beat the crap out of each other. So she, she called up the animators and told found, found a way so that Itchy and Scratchy show was much more polite and uh, less graphic violence in it. And so Itchy and Scratchy were sitting in chairs giving each other tea, cups of tea. And, and, <laughs> and complimenting each other. And complimenting each other. And the kids said, this is boring. So they all went outside and started playing. And all the kids went out and played. They were on the playground. They were, <laughs> They're riding I even think they had. I think they even had one of the kids going down the street with a hula hoop and a stick. You know? <laughs> yes, it is a great episode. It's like everybody was like, yes, if we had turned off the cell phones and, and turned off crazy YouTube, I think kids would be back outside. So that's how we get more kids into model airplanes is we, you know, <laughs> destroy all their TV shows and YouTube channels. And so that it's all boring and so they go outside and play. Well, yeah. to wrap up my thoughts. Yeah, that is practical. <laughs> Sorry. Well, to wrap up my thoughts on it, I, as a parent of two boys who are getting into the hobby, Austin is... Uh, is way more in it than Ryan, but Ryan can fly. It's, it's he great. soloed last weekend, right? He did. He soloed it. We're going to talk about the JSC event, but um, for me, and this is just a very personal little conversation with you guys and listeners. <laughs> very um, personal. It's, it's personal. It's, it's personal this is, time with Lee this Ray. Is very personal. Yeah. Guys, the best times I had in my early life was with my father flying models. Um, my dad and I did a lot of stuff together, and it was the best... I mean, if someone asked me, like, where, what are the times you cherish? It's going to be with my dad at the flying field, you know, or at, or at the pond where we were, when we had airboats. Um, a very, very special times with my dad. And so I was very sad when he died before I got married. I was like, who's going to be the grandfather of my kids? You know, I was like, I was very angry. But when my boys were born, I said, you know what? I'm going to do everything I can to hopefully pass this hobby on to my kids. Because I, I didn't want to lose that passion. And... You know, I don't see in Austin's eyes the, the, the joy and happiness of, of being with me like I felt like I had with my dad. Maybe my dad was very frustrated with me, too. Um, but, uh, you know, it is it is a joy to see them do that. And for me, with all the stuff I have, it's it's nice that when I tell them, like, these are the models that mean the most to me. I hope you, you know, carry on with them and, and, and keep them in the family that they they're nodding and they're like saying, yes, it's it's sad sometimes when I've seen. Uh, swap meets or, or estate sales where someone's passion is just you know goes for pennies on the dollar and he didn't get to, he or she didn't get to pass it on to somebody and to me that's one of the, the greatest joys I have is is being able to pass this hobby down so if you're a listener and you do not have family who plays with your airplanes or you don't have good friends that are going to take them go find someone go find a child go find a school Find a way to get someone interested in this hobby so you can hand it off and keep it running. So so maybe you're onto something. Maybe, Lee, basically you are the target demographic, or you should be the target demographic. Uh, middle-aged guy with a, a kid or two that are um, you know, either early teens or adolescent, and you want something that you can sh do and share together that's fun to get you outside and sort of a bonding kind of activity and model airplanes may be just that perfect kind of activity for those inclined yeah, well that's what happened at jsc i mean i as you i just you know i'm jumping ahead a little bit but you know ryan and i showed up and he said dad i want to fly and you know what i did i put down my camera i put down my transmitter and i spent 30 45 minutes with ryan off in the corner while everybody was flying their planes and crashing and i missed all these great videos you know <laughs> but that's okay because <laughs> 
I was spending it with my son who was smiling and giving me high fives. And I have a great video of him doing a solo flight. And, you know, those are the times that are more important. Awesome. Yeah, I think maybe there's probably no one answer, but I think something multifaceted like that and, and it's maybe part of the answer at least. Well, George is right. I mean, I, I, I was nodding when I read George's comment. He's right. There's, there has been a lack of keeping the kids in, and it's a difficult time right now. So I, I, I wish that we didn't have, you know, the, the lack of uh, classes in school like we should. Um, yeah. I, and, I, and you know what? Kudos to Joe Vermillion with uh, Balsa USA doing that, that build. I mean, their point was to do these builds for kids. It wasn't for the adults, you know. It's to give these to – Yeah, I think right, – Partner with the Young Eagles uh, EAA project. Yeah. The yes. EAA Young Eagles. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, I, uh, so full scale and RC together to, to stoke the fire of somebody interested yeah. in aviation. So, what it really sounds like is they need we need a mentorship kind of thing, maybe even a mentorship program, so that the kids may be a little bit intimidated by you know going to a field with a bunch of adults hanging around. But if you have a sort of mentor relationship with a kid, you can easily kind of guide them into the hobby. And show them the different parts of it and see what they like and help them along and alleviate any fears or intimidation they may have. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't think we're going to solve the world's problems no, no, on, on this show. We need at least a couple more episodes. Okay, year, <laughs> but, year four. How about next year we do it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, not, of course, not all kids are going to be – each kid has his own inclinations. you got to find the ones that do like models – building models, building things in their hands, maybe airplanes in particular, and see, find those because, you know, not, not all kids are going to be interested in model airplanes. Most are not. They're going to, they might find a, a curiosity with it, but they're going to be like, eh, whatever. You know, I'd rather have cars or or uh, just play Fortnite or something or have other interests, right. rockets. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that. Well, we need more builders. Well, I, I think the summary of this, and tell me if you disagree with what I'm going to say, that despite their whatever problems they might have flight test has shown that there is still an interest from the youth. Yeah. And so it's just a matter of the rest of us getting on board and figuring out what that secret sauce is to, to keep it going. Hey, so George. it's worthwhile. Yeah. Give up. No, just change the approach. Yeah. Hmm. So thanks George for the, the question there or the, the topic. Cause I think we really had a good time talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, not really. Well, except for you. We had a good time talking. Just, just kidding. So uh, I have to say to our, our audience, keep them coming. We, uh, we always <laughs> like a good question, a good topic. We're always looking for something to talk about. So uh, th thanks, George, for the suggestion. Um, hopefully you found it as entertaining as we did. Hey, here, here's a new question. It says, uh, when is Lee going to fly that Cessna 150? <laughs> That's not a new question. <laughs> I've been asking that question for months. <laughs> All right, so speaking of flying, uh, Lee and I, we had a pretty nice event over, we talked about it before, our, the uh, Warbirds over Johnson Space Center. And uh, actually, the C stands for crosswind. <laughs> <laughs> Just to let you guys have a heads up there. <laughs> yeah, it was generally a nice day, but there were, the crosswind was, start, uh, it was uh, something that was a, a Constant harassment of the pilots, and uh, there were quite a few boo-boos and landings, I, I noticed, even when I was there and even after I left. Uh, unfortunately, I had to leave about halfway in to go to another event, but Lee was there all day, and he can fill us in on all the good happenings and the stories behind some of the videos he took. 
Well, let me ask a quick question because when I was a member there, they were maintaining a crosswind runway, which was part paved and part grass. Is that still a thing? Uh, yeah, but it's not practical with that many people were there. Uh, you would have okay. been flying right into some cars on a crosswind runway. <laughs> <laughs> that would be bad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the crosswind was even on a good day, it's only for smaller planes because okay. it's much shorter than the main runway. So, gotcha. um, so, so yeah, you were stuck with the main runway, but there's still a lot of people flying. It's just that if you weren't that used to flying in crosswinds, it can really, plus there's some turbulence. Since it was a crosswind, you get turbulence over the tents and, and stuff. Oh, so it was coming from behind. Yeah, it was coming from behind. They came from behind. Ooh, ooh. So they were, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it, was, it got a little bumpy because I flew around two in the morning and even then when I was flying and landing, I noticed it was a little, a bumpy, um, so you really had to get your technique up and uh, keep your speed up a little bit in landing and stuff. Although some guy kept his speed up a little too long in landing and and didn't end well. Just uh, one guy? <laughs> yeah, that's the one that hit the, what was it? He hit the, the piping at the end, Lee? Oh, you were, yeah. You your son kind of yeah. caught a video? The, P, the P40? Yeah. Yeah, but ran, ran up the hill and it hit the hill. Pipe. Yeah. <laughs> but we had we had a really good turnout, and uh, we really appreciated all the people that came out to support us. It's a it's a tricky event to hold since we're on a, a high security government property, so to get everybody in is a little tricky sometimes. Uh, and and it rained a few days before, and we had a lot of water in the field, so we had to spend two days cleaning up all the water and pumping it out. And, and that kind of stuff, getting field prepared. So we really appreciated people came down. We had some people came from pretty far away. One guy came from Oklahoma, and then what? Uh, yeah, he, he brought yeah, us. Was that, that was that Howard with the um, the Sky Raider? Yeah, with the big Sky Raider. Wow. Yeah, that Sky Raider. Shout was... out to shout out to Howard. That was pilot's choice. But there's a Sky Raider uh, in my gallery. I posted it on our RC Roundtable page. But that thing was beautiful. That Sky Raider was Top Gun quality. Ooh, it was neat. Uh, it sounded good. He flew it great. You know. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Top Gun, is this weekend? Yes, I it saw is. that in Lakeland. Yeah. 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 So Wally's so, there. Barry's there. So David oh, Hart's yeah. there. Right. Oh, really? Giving us great pictures. Yeah. He is Top Gun. Do, 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 do. So enough you know, for me. I've never been to that. I need to. Yeah. Not to really? change topics, but the guy from Florida yeah. never been to Top Gun. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> That's okay. I live in South Carolina. I never went to Jonell. Well, did it exist when you were a kid? I, well, I was an adult, young adult, so oh. yes, it did. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It was in the 90s, early 90s. Gotcha. Uh, but, but enough of my talking. Lee, what do you, what do you want to say about the, the Johnson Space, the JSE event? Oh, it was great. I, I really brought three planes because I wanted to get some flying in. Uh, the Texas Warbird Thunder flying team was there. Woohoo! My friend Randy, Greg, Yancey. Yeah. Um, they were putting on a show, and I, I got greedy. As soon as I got there, they get, started getting their Corsairs together. And I was like, I'm going to fly with them. <laughs> I even wore my Texas Warbird Thunder shirt, you know, in honor of the team. So uh, I quickly got my H&M Corsair put together. And as soon as I got to the runway, they were already up in the air. One of the guys uh, had to come down. So I joined in the... Uh, little flight there and okay, they're, they're all doing their loops and rolls synchronized i'm just buzzing around trying to keep up because i'm electric and you know it was fun it's great you know and they they got the like um, i don't know most most exciting flight award i don't know what that word was <laughs> <laughs> mc's choice whatever yeah. uh 
but that was great. All the planes were awesome. We had a couple of cool crashes. Yay. And I, my son got one and he was like, oh no, hey, I got it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great little video. He, did. Yeah, so, he was real happy. And, I got it. I got it. I'm not happy the airplane crashed, but I'm happy that I got it on video. Yeah. You know, you know, speaking of that, you know, Ryan came with me this year. I think this is his first time because Austin usually comes. Yeah, I was surprised that Ryan he, came. Yeah, well, Austin, you know, Austin had a, a scout thing. But anyway, Ryan asked me for the camera. He said, Dad, can I go and videotape all the cameras? I was like, this is awesome. So not only handing down my aircraft stuff, but I'm handing on my uh, camera stuff. So cool. he, he did a flight line video, took lots of pictures. I posted those online. A little crooked, but, you know, hey, he's getting detail <laughs> shots. Uh, but he did a lot of video. It was, so some of it's really cool. I haven't shown uh, shown you all of it. I just showed you that one uh, crash he's smashing. Right. And, uh, yeah, the uh, – let's see. I mean, I guess everybody's favorite was that Sky Raider. Um, so wheel, wheel cock, wheel lock? Is it Doug Wheels wheel lock? Is that correct? Yes. Mary? The yes. astronaut? Yes. So that's that's a neat little story. We When we went to New Jersey for the AMA Expo, we hiked over to the Intrepid. And while we were in the Intrepid uh, – one of the astronauts and a friend of Terry's was there in the uh, little classroom cinema, I guess. And so we, we had some photos with him. So when I got to the event and I saw him there in his little flight suit, I was like, that guy looks familiar. And I walked up to him and said, were you on the Intrepid a couple months ago? And he was like, yeah. So it was neat to reminisce. I got a picture with uh, Ryan and him on, with my tiger cat. And he he was gave a little speech to us, told us some cool stories. He's a, he's like a neighbor of uh, Mike Labels. Oh, really? they yeah. Live, yeah, so they live close to each other. So The president of the JSC Club. President, yeah. Or is he still president? Fitz? Yes, he is, yeah. Okay. And Mike brought his B-24, but it was just the crossing was too bad. So right. a, lot of, a lot of planes, unfortunately, that I wanted to photograph were static displays. Yeah, you had a big Stuka there, too, that didn't fly. Didn't oh, fly man. Yeah. yeah. So, and unfortunately, I dorked my Corsair again. Oh. I'm, I'm going to take pilot error. Yes. Speaking <laughs> of plays, they need landing gear on the top of them. <laughs> I'm just going to create a slip and slide and just go gear up every time. <laughs> but I want to compliment you, Lee, because for the three years that you've had that Corsair, every time you talk about it, you called it my Corsair. But today, every time you mentioned it, you called it your Corsair. So I'm working on it. <laughs> you've turned the corner, and, and I'm happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> And I just hope someone photographed it. There's a photographer from NASA there taking photos. I did get a couple of his from uh, my tiger cat, of my tiger cat, excuse me. So that was oh, yeah. neat. Uh, but I don't know if anybody got the Corsair in flight. So that's uh. the sad part is if you're the photographer, you don't get stuff taken of your aircraft. Right. Uh, but, oh, uh, speaking of people there, uh, Michael Resnick, I think that's correct. He was there. He had his tiger cat. Mine was Flightline, his was FMS, so we flew ours uh, together for a nice show, and I think you were, was it you, Fitz, uh, talking about us? I think you emceed that? Yeah, yeah, yes I did, I mentioned it. So that was fun, we had, we had some good flybys, and that was that was a hoot doing that. Uh, he also brought his Huey, which is on the cover of our Facebook page, and that thing is gorgeous. I mean, and in the wind, I mean, he had no issues <laughs> yeah. whatsoever. Helicopters <laughs> don't care. Yeah, yeah helicopters do better was, in the wind, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was so pretty. He did a really good job on that. Uh, so anyway, I, I got to fly with him, and I did bring the Cessna 150. I had full intentions of getting that thing in the air, uh, but that crosswind was just not good. I didn't want it. And, yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for for new listeners, this is a plane I've been working on for quite some time. And uh, gosh, and then that darn foam pad just really 
hurt me. <laughs> Your arch nemesis is the phone pad. I'm about to give a PSA for those listeners who, uh, <laughs> but man, I, I, <laughs> you I was should. like, a, I was going through every little pad in my workshop for any of those little den- high density foam pipe covers and. Oh my God! So the 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 thing the PSA folks the public service announcement is that I have in my workshop several shelves that hold my planes. Uh, it's one of those wall mount shelves where you have the brackets like a normal shelf, and you just stick your wings on either side. And I put foam pads on top of those to protect the planes. Well, the only plane that didn't have just regular foam but had this high density foam padding was my beautiful JR Models P38. It had been up there since best. I went to take it down the other day and the pads stuck to my wings in the fuselage Mm. uh, corner pieces and it left residue on the P38 that I cannot get off. I don't, like I'm sure chunks was, of foam or what? Well, foam too, but there, there's this residue that's like impregnating, impregnated. How do you say that word? Impregnated. Stuck. Stuck. <laughs> it's stuck. <laughs> it firmly stuck <laughs> onto the clear coat of the the booms, and it just is awful. And it just made me so mad because I've I've you know, painted that plane twice. Follow up to uh, I guess a couple of days ago after. Uh, after JSC, I put my Cessna on one of these new PV stands that I quickly made, and I had used high-density foams on these little stands. And they've only been holding, like, our flight test planes and a little foam plane that I had. Didn't even think about it when I put it on there. And I picked it up yesterday or the day before, and the freaking foam stuck to the fuselage of the Cessna. And mm. as Terry indicated, it actually pulled off, you know, left foam on the fuselage. Uh. People do not buy the high density foam. Throw it away. <laughs> it is dangerous. And Keith Sparks, our buddy from Dallas, he said that he normally like wraps cloth around those if he uses it. And he's he's right. I I ripped off every piece of high density foam I could find around the workshop and threw it in the trash and I'll I'll just go get the regular, you know, cheap stuff. Yeah, I just use the cheap stuff from Home Depot and I've never had a problem with it. The pipe insulation stuff. Yeah, there you go. So my Cessna has not flown yet, but it is ready to fly. But with the weather we're having here, which is nasty, um, gosh, yeah. yeah. Today we had we were on tornado warnings. There was ouch. two touchdowns: one in Tomball and one in uh, really? the Lake. Oh, yeah, so, so scary stuff. So I don't, I, I don't know when I'll be trying to fly it again, but, but no, hopefully soon. To be nice, I think I might do Sunday. Yeah. We'll see. I'll keep you posted. Okay. So there's JSC and a little bit of Cessna 150. All right. All right, let's uh, look at wrapping this up. Let's talk about our workbench. Uh, we've uh, last time we've, I think we're all working on something lately. So uh, Terry, what you got on your workbench? You want to tell us about? It's the same thing I had on my workbench last time, which is the new foam board variant of the Yin Yang, which is the twin. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Nothing. Okay. The twin asymmetric park flyer, and. Since last time, I have painted and flown it. Yeah, I saw the video. It flies fine. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the maiden flight. It and sounds I, weird. And just, they were in sync. Like, you know, <laughs> it doesn't what? sound like it. Yeah, they may be in sync, but you got one in front of the airflow, one behind the airflow. So it's going to probably sound yeah, weird. Yeah, they're going to sound a, a little different. So all right. Just, you know, that, my opinion. That's, the, that's all you have to say about it. Yeah, just that's it. Sounds funny. Okay. It's orange. <laughs> But, yeah. It's orange and sounds funny. What you really need is a reversing speed controller or one of those motors. 
Oh, gosh. No, I don't. <laughs> I do have differential thrust set up. So I've got it on a switch. So for the maiden flight, I had it turned off. Both motors were you know, always in sync. Next time around, I will try the differential thrust and see mm. what it does for me. Ooh-wee. What did you make it out of? Yeah. I don't remember what the material was. Foam board. The, so it was foam board. You know, we talked before about the flight test stuff. So oh, this yeah, was yeah. made very much in the flight test style with it's a little less than two sheets of dollar a sheet foam board. Just fold it in the right way. And yeah, it's easy to do. This one took a little bit longer because I was making it up as I went along. But if I were to build another one, I could have it together in a few hours. Hmm. So two Remfire 250 brushless motors, three cell 500 milliamp hour batteries, eight amp speed controls, high tech HS55 servos hmm. times three. Easy stuff. I think it weighs just over 15 ounces ready to go. And the wing loading works out to barely single digits, like nine ounces per square foot, something like that. Really low numbers. Yeah, really good. Yeah. So it flies fine. No no crazy stuff. And it's orange because that's the color spray paint that I had. It turns out it's <laughs> – but it, I you know, I hand-painted the, the yin-yangs on there just because I needed something <laughs> to break up the orange. Why do you laugh every time I say that? I know. It's like yin-yang. He goes, giggle, giggle, giggle. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, yin-yang means something else in his... I know. He knows a funny time. joke where that's the punchline <laughs> or something. But uh, anyway, it turns out that orange is a really good color on cloudy days. So I'm going to have to keep that in my back pocket. And that's so all I have. You painted your yin-yang orange. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. You can quote me on that. <laughs> okay. I'll stop now. What? I know you have something in your workbench fits. Yeah. I got a couple things. I got a new thing that popped up. So, first of all, I, you, you probably saw some of the pictures. Uh, I've been working on the Warlock wing. Finally got around to it after many delays, unfortunately. What's a Warlock? Uh, it's a kind of a, a male wizard. <laughs> <laughs> or male witch. So this is an old Airtronics kit. Remember, I told you I got a fuselage from uh, uh, Buddy Jeff. He, I don't know. Oh, I remembered, but yes. other people might not. Okay, remember. so yeah, so uh, so a friend of mine, uh, fellow pilot, he's he's he said, "Hey, I got this old plane. You want it?" I said, "Yeah, sure." And I go over his house, and it's just a fuselage. The fuselage is finished. It's been covered, and it has a motor mount in it and some landing gear, or at least a nose gear on it. So it looks like somebody did a lot of work to finish the fuselage, but there's no wings. So I got oh, crap. But he had the plans. So I was able to uh, use those plans, and I think I found some. I downloaded some plans, too, so I can uh, use those to trace out and laser cut some wing ribs. And so I, I did my own laser cutting, and they came out really nice. I started working on the, the wing, and it's gone together really quite well. And I'm pretty far along with it but i gotta find my aileron uh links that i, I bought some dubro uh you know the old kind of the old school aileron um control rods what do you call those things uh torque rods torque rods yes and so i'm ready to put the torque rods in and i can't find them so i gotta find what i did with them uh so the whole point is i'm trying to finish this plane before neat uh so lee talked about best but there's also not neat 
What am I thinking? Uh, small steps. <laughs> I got all excited that you're coming up. To I was going to say, I was like, wow, we're going to eat now. <laughs> For those of you listening, uh, we're recording this at, at, at night, and I've had a long day. My brain is is partially functional. Uh, so small steps is coming up in this month, and that's a nice, neat event. That's a, a mixture of uh, glow and electric, and all small planes. And this plane, this Warlock, will have. I plan on using a Norvell 061 glow engine in it, uh, with a throttle and muffler. Pretty nice. So I'm trying to see if I can whip out this the wing for the Warlock real quick. And uh, I think I'm probably going to be able to finish it this weekend, uh, long as, as, soon as, I, as long as I can find those stupid torque rods. Stupid. Uh, let me ask rods. you a question. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say, Lee? Stupid torque rods. Stupid yeah, torque stupid. rods and they're torquey, roddy. All right, uh, that's kind of my question. Why torque rods instead of not just putting the servos on the wing and yeah, direct you know, things? I thought about the same that too. I was like, you know, the torque rod is old school. Why, why not just put two micro servos in the wing and this and that? And and I thought, yeah, I might do that. But I thought, yeah, I don't know. I kind of see, like the charm of using torque rods in this particular model. <laughs> I like not being able to trim the ailerons individually. Well, Are you still going to use two servos? <laughs> no, one servo in the middle. Hey, okay. You haven't learned the fine art of bending the torque rods yeah, to yeah. trim the ailerons? They're small yeah, torque rods, you so you just grab them with a pair of pliers and hold the other side and <laughs> just crank on those suckers. Hey, look at that. It's, it's finished. Uh, so anyways, so I'm having a lot of fun doing some, cutting some balsa, sanding, and uh, that's doing really well. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, also, Terry, I've got a blast from the past on my workbench. Uh-oh. Do you, something you're very familiar with. Do you remember the uh, the Shrike Commander that Bill Schwander had? Oh, the one from Top Notch Models. Yes. I know. How did you get that? Uh, oh, you have it. You don't have that one. You have a kit. Both. Right? You have the original that Bill built? Bill has moved back into town. By the way, right, and he's, okay. and it got damaged on his way back. He had a trailer full of no. airplanes, and well, not seriously, but it got damaged. And he says, "Hey, you interested in this Shrike Commander? He has no interest in flying. He just wants the motors out of it." Uh, and I said, "Hey, yeah, me, me loving Shrike Commanders." I said, "Yeah." So, <laughs> <laughs> so he was happy to get rid of it. I'm happy to have it. So it's now in my grubby little hands. Uh, I got to find some replacement motors for it. But other than that, it's uh, ready to fly. Hmm. Did you get oh, so for other people who don't know, this is the top notch models uh, Aero Commander Shrike, yeah, which is a balsa kit, very nice. Yeah, it's yeah. got about three and a half million pieces, but. <laughs> But it makes a very nice model. Yeah, yeah. And Bill built this one, and we together finished it in the NASA color scheme. NASA had an Air Commander. I don't know if it was a Shrike, but at one of their bases, and it has a nice white, blue, and gold trim scheme. Yeah, that scheme. I don't know if you remember, but I actually crashed that airplane on the maiden flight hard. I didn't see it, but I heard about it. Yeah, I miscalculated the CG, and it was too far aft. Mm. And it flew okay, but then I decided to do a spin test, and it spun very nicely all the way into the ground. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Bill rebuilt it and flew it again with the correct CG, and it did uh, very well. How did it fly on the the motors that were on it? Uh, I I don't remember having any problems with it. Mm, So I don't even remember what motors they were. 
there are some scorpion motors. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, we had scorpion motors with three-blade props, mm. uh, counter-rotating props, and we had to get some three-blade spinners specially made because you can get three-blade spinners, but you can't get off-the-shelf three-blade reverse rotation. Yeah, Bill spinners. mentioned that the uh, the three-bladers are pretty ex- expensive spinners from a true turn, well, I think. Yes. Correctly. So, yeah. again, the the regular three-blade, I think, is an off-the-shelf item, but the yeah. reverse rotation is not. That's, so. that's but they why, cut them for us. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at a photo of the one Terry built or flew. It's on RC groups. Yeah. 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 Fortunately, I didn't get the spinners, so I have to do that myself. Uh, but oh, still. he kept those? Yeah, he kept the spinners. Hey, they're well. Yeah, okay. <laughs> probably, I probably would too. They were that yeah. cheap. So he's going to still- I don't know if counter rotation is a big deal on this or yeah, not. It's, it's nice to have if you can do it, but. Yeah. Do you remember how it flew in general? Uh, Yeah, well. Well, I don't remember anything crazy about it, and I didn't do anything crazy with it other mm-hmm. than you know the general flight testing stuff. But it's a, a nice looking, nice flying model. So you don't know how it flies on one motor? No, I, no. Did I got you... a little gun shy after the, <laughs> after crashing it. No one wheel touchy goes on one motor. Uh... No, no, no power off sixteen point rolls. <laughs> no. uh, so well, yeah, I look forward to getting flying. I'll just have to source. I'll do some research and see what they were really vague on their website. What kind of motors? They're like eh, forty size motors. It doesn't really tell me much, but okay. Well, yeah, you know how to figure out what motor it needs. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just wanted to see what you. And I got the old motors too. I just. So I know a baseline of how it flew with the old motors, and I can see what I want to do with it. I may still have some power readings from back then. I'll have to look. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah. Wow. So, you know, I'm pretty religious about getting uh, power readings on everything before I fly. So I'll, I'll look in my archives and see what I can pull oh, up for you. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Take care of it. Yeah, I will. All right, Lee, what you got? Nothing. Okay. Oh, that's our show for today. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that is not true. I I was at the last show we were doing on on YouTube. I had the Bee Eater that I finished. I haven't worked on that because I was packing for JSC. And, this is uh, your half a control line job. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. in the same state. It's in the same state. I haven't uh, fuel proofed it yet, so mm-hmm. I got to do all that. But I've got a repair job. I got to <laughs> fix on my Corsair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I busted the the fin and rudder off again. I'll have to start from scratch on both this time. But eh, why don't you just it attach happens. it with magnets or, or <laughs> yeah. Velcro? Bolts. I'll just have Velcro in there. Velcro. Yeah. Uh, well, I was talking to uh, Michael about it. It was like he goes, maybe we could just hinge the rudder <laughs> so it's got a little spring and it'll just collapse when you go down and you pop right back up. Oh, I know. A little servo actuated ejection system so that as soon as you touch down, it ejects the <laughs> fin. <laughs> Great. No steering control at all. Hey, but you'll never break it again, right? I'll never break it again. Yes. No, just I make think... it retracting, like spring loaded. So it just... I'm just I'm just gonna have a parachute come out the back and just you know, parachute there it down every go. time. It's a BRS <laughs> system. <Yeah. laughs> well, you know <laughs> I've landed that thing just nice at our club several times, so it's uh, but unfortunately I think I've I'm about even on <laughs> wheel landings versus uh, break the rudder landings. Well, you may recall that I handed it off to you because I got tired of messing with the retracts because they kept getting loose and I think it's the trunnion and they would tow in on landing and then cause it to nose over. All right. And I think that happened this time too. Right. Well, <laughs> and then you had done something with it, tinkered with it and got it going. 
and yeah, here it is again. Yeah, you this is to, the first time I've noticed the gear though twisted. So yeah, you need to uh, weld I was, those I, suckers. I'm sorry. You need to weld those guys. <laughs> well, <laughs> be done with it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I'm not. I'm not disheartened. I, I again, I've landed on the the wheels before, and it's it has flown fine. It's just uh, you know, I at this case, I'm gonna. It's pilot error in that. I was calling landing, but I guess the guy with the big gasser behind me didn't know because I'm already lined up, and then all of a sudden this big giant scale Corsair is on my tail, and I know he's hauling faster than I am, so I decided to put off into the grass versus take the the runway, which I should have. It's like and a four way stop. the The bigger car gets right of way. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, he, I had a little bit more battery power. Anyway, so enough about that. So yeah, I got to fix the Corsair. Uh, Cessna, I'm gonna wipe off the foam on my Cessna 150 and then just go fly it. So that's about it. I'm good. Okay. All right. Good luck. Something I can do because I know how to build. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. You've done this before, so you, with balsa. <laughs> yeah. I know what this is all about. Well, you've done this exact repair before, right? Well, it, it, it's, I have no fear about it, yeah. <laughs> so I'm okay. I can build it. I put enough epoxy on it last time. Thought it would hold. <laughs> and, and you know what? All the work I put onto it didn't break. Everything I manufactured, <laughs> it, it broke above that. So <laughs> my repair job was perfect. <laughs> so just keep repairing uh, it progressively up the fin, and it'll never break again, right? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna build it out of vibranium this time. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> vibranium fixes everything. Yeah, the, the rudder stays intact, the plane falls to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> and it's bulletproof. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Anything right, speaking else? of falling to pieces, oh, yeah. I think I'm done with you, Joker. <laughs> yeah, I think this whole show is just falling to pieces. Let's uh, give some mercy to our listeners and uh, say that uh, thanks for joining us on our... No, no I'm going to interrupt. What? Because now we're at the end of the show where if the listeners stayed in, if they could, oh, if yeah. they could bear the show all the way to the end, I have got a special bonus That's right. for those who listened at the beginning of the show. I can't believe I forgot All right, that. you guys, you ready? For those who heard about our special uh, coupon code I don't know if Boston, I'm ready. USA, oh, get out your anti-decoder ring. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. That's what it is. <laughs> all right, guys. So what we're going to do to sweeten the deal with Balsa USA is we are going to include a $25 gift certificate to one of our listeners. If you want to access the 10% code and earn the $25 gift certificate, you're going to email us at contact at rcroundtable.com. Again, that email address is contact at rcroundtable.com. And you can put in the subject line, Balsa USA coupon. How's that? We'll just make it nice and sweet. So, uh, send us an email, put your name, and tell us why you like RC Roundtable and who's your favorite host. <laughs> no, oh just, <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Or or you could actually include stuff like, what do you want us to talk about? That's that's always fun, too. We will pick a random listener uh, for the podcast in two weeks, and we will provide you with the information to take advantage of the $25 gift certificate and then throw on your 10% discount. $25. Right, it's so a match made in heaven. To be clear, anybody can get the 10% discount by using the coupon code. That is absolutely correct. In addition, one person will win a $25 gift certificate from us. You tell him, Terry. Uh, well, I'm clarifying because I'm just learning about this myself. <laughs> so. And Terry is going to throw in an extra $50. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no. There you go. So thanks. Thanks for listening. And hopefully we'll get a couple of listeners to come on in and take advantage of that. Yes. 
All right. On that note, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Please visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts. Where you will also find links to our iTunes and social media sites. Thanks for listening.